What's up, everybody? It's Keith with the Real Deal Podcast, and uh, continuing in season three, the mini series that I'm doing, Closer to Fine, sharing some life stories with you. What a great song this is in graduation season. Uh, so many are graduating from high school right now, and it's uh, I can't help but 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 have memories about that. And so on tonight's episode of Closer to Fine on the Real Deal Podcast, I'm going to be talking about my graduation. And things that transpired around that. Um, this band playing this song, by the way, were some friends of ours from back in Atlanta. Uh, this was a band called Left Front Tire, and uh, they sort of made a splash in, in the Atlanta music scene. I mean, they were up from up north in Habersham County, kind of up in the mountains, and uh, they were this punk pop band and kind of had a redneck thing going with it. It was like this, I don't know, it, it, was, it, was, it was really cool what they were doing. We played bunch of shows with these guys and they're really cool and this song was on the American Pie 2 soundtrack if I remember correctly and um, it's got that that graduation song uh, hook in it uh, this melody right here that you're hearing but I'll tell you what I love though these guys had a really great sense of melody and harmony and the ending of this song is just fantastic this is one of my favorite endings the, the melody the harmonies everything listen to this Great band, Left Front Tire. I, I believe you can find their stuff on Spotify and Apple Music and YouTube and all the places that you find music these days. Um, but uh, good memories with those guys. And and again, tonight uh, on this episode, I'm going to be talking about my graduation. I, there are a lot of people graduating right now, and it's been graduation week around here uh, in Birmingham where I live, and uh, kids from church that I know that are graduating. And you know, my son's one of my son's best friends is graduating high school. He graduated last week, and you know, it can't help but take you back to your own graduation when you're there for that. And you remember what those moments were like, you know, it, it seemed like a lifetime. And, and I mean, I guess technically that's true. All the life you had lived up to that point was a lifetime, but it seemed like high school's never going to end. And, um, you know, I, I remember those moments of walking across that stage and getting that diploma and maybe that doesn't sound like a big deal, but it, it was for me because in a very real sense, I almost didn't graduate. I really wanted to quit. Um, I graduated in 1992. I should have graduated in 1991, but I was on the, uh, uh, how, how you put it, the five year plan <laughs> in high school. I did an extra year of, uh, of, uh, ninth grade, um, because I couldn't stay out of trouble. And, um, you know, I, uh, it just seemed like it went on forever and I really wanted to quit, but, um, my grandmother really wanted to see me graduate. And so, um, for her, I, I did it. I stuck it out, but I couldn't wait to get out. And, um, part of that was because of the formation of my band. Uh, my usual co-host on this podcast, Scott and I, uh, were in a band together and that band informed, 
I actually had formed in 1989 uh, with myself and a guy named Nelson Sapp, who we've talked about uh, on The Real Deal back in episode in season one, that is, not episode one, season one. Uh, another guy named Peyton Glore, my brother Sean, and uh, our, our bass player that, that would continue on with us, a guy named Jason Stout. And that band formed, and uh, that incarnation of the band dissolved whenever uh, we replaced Peyton with Scott. And um, my brother eventually uh, had backed out of the equation, and uh, it was just myself and Scott and Nelson and Jay. And that w- that became the band that would become four, and then after Nelson left and Jay left, it would become... Scott and I forming with Jeff and Gavin becoming the Ajax Heavies, and that's sort of a just sort of a sort of a short condensed version of our history. But in those eleven years from nineteen eighty nine, well, actually twelve years from eighty nine to to two thousand and one, whenever I finally left uh, the band and the music business forever, um, a lot of stuff happened, and I'm going to share from time to time stories and things that went on uh, during that because they are an integral part of who I am today and uh, the way that I see things and, and my love for music still. And, and, you know, that's one of those things that you just can't ever really get it out of you, get it out of your system. And I, and so, you know, uh, when I graduated in 1992, uh, we were in the incarnation of the band uh, that we were calling ourselves uh, for. And it was um, Nelson, Scott, myself and Jay. And, um, that year we we are back at the in the in the fall of nineteen ninety one we had hooked up with our management company a guy named Mark Willis New South Atlanta that um manages a couple other bigger acts now he manages a band called Fozzie and Stuck Mojo and and uh, has done some other other things that have been very successful um, but just so you know we were the we were it we were the first so chalk that up to whatever you want to Mark. <laughs> Uh, but no, nothing but love for, for Mark Willis. He taught us so much about the business and, you know, we were just kids. Like I said, I'm graduating high school and we had already been playing out. Uh, we had a pretty decent following in Atlanta, uh, during that time period. I mean, we could play like a small club, a place like the rec room or, you know, someplace that might hold, you know, 250, 300 people and we could pack it out. And we did often. I mean, typically, especially in those early days, our rec room shows, I mean, we had, we had you know, we packed that place out. It'd be hot and sweaty and bodies just crawling all over all my friends from high school and their fake IDs. And, uh, just, uh, it was, it was a mess. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of graduated up to some bigger venues and, uh, we played a show at the center stage theater, uh, in Atlanta, uh, which is now called something else. But, um, we got noticed by our management, Mark Willis. And so in the fall of 1991 and the, in the winter and spring of 92, he started putting us out in 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 uh, regional markets, you know, Chattanooga, Knoxville, Charlotte. Uh, we we ventured up to St. Louis, Missouri, and all the way up to Chicago by by May of that year. <clears throat> and so we had built a a a, a, a you know a, a a meager following in in some of those towns. And what we didn't realize is we had really made an impression in Chicago. And okay, and so now it's it's graduation time. I'm graduating from high school. I get my diploma, and we have five days until we head out on the first leg of what will be a, a you know a, a couple of week you know stint on the road. 
And so we spent a couple of days at our friend Reed Holden's lake house with our friend John McMullen and some other folks and some girls that we, we knew. And, you know, we were doing what high school kids do, especially high school kids in bands. And we were not behaving by any stretch of the imagination, but we were, you know, we were young and foolish and, and doing that. But we were, we, we truly in, in, in that moment having the time of our lives because partying aside, the friendship that we had within the band was really deep already. Um, but what happened over the next couple of months was something else altogether. And so we head out on the first leg of that, that road trip, that, that tour, what eventually became a summer long tour where we didn't even play at home in Atlanta at all. Uh, we stayed on the road for three and a half months and um, we played we played up in Chicago several times, but that first trip after graduation, we drove up and we played um, in Nashville at a club called the Cannery. We played there in Nashville at the Cannery, and then we played the next night in St. Louis, Missouri, and then we had a day off, and then we 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 hit the next night up in Champaign, Illinois, at the at the college there, which was kind of dead because school was out, and so you know Champaign is a college town and. And uh, everybody was had gone home, so it wasn't really that great of a show for us. But then we made it on up to Chicago, where we would play for the next four nights. At we would play at three different clubs over four nights. And um, what we didn't realize at the time when we got there is that the first time we had gone up in April of that year, we made quite an impression. And so we got to the club and we were playing with this band called Nikki Fox. Now, if Tim, if you're listening to this, I know you still love that band. Um, and those guys were fantastic. What a great live band. You can find their music on YouTube as well. But um, for that time period, man, they were really, those guys were insane and great live band. And so we're getting an education of sorts, right? We're out on the road and we're, I mean, we're a bunch of kids. I mean, I'm, I'm 19 years old, I think. And, um, I mean, we're in a van and we're we're traveling across the country, you know, and 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 literally making enough at each show to put gas in the van to get us to the next place, which would then give us enough money to make, you know, get gas to the next place. And and and, and so we were just broke as a joke, and you know, we we um, we played our first show up there, and to our amazement, it was a sold out crowd. Now. The club we played at was a place called the Thirsty Whale. And uh, the Thirsty Whale was a, I mean, it might have held 200 people capacity, right? And I feel like there was like 250 crammed in there that night because literally, and I think Scott still has a video of this, but I mean, there, there were people on top of people trying to get to the stage. And, you know, we've, we've videoed all of our shows so we could go back and, critique ourselves in the video when we watch it back you can't i mean the video camera is setting right next to the pa system and you can't hear the i mean you're right on the pa system and you can hardly hear us over the the screams right <clears throat> we were blown away and so we spent the next 4 days up there and we played at the thirsty well and we played at a place called i think it was called the jungle room and we played at a place out in Waukegan Wisconsin called All Stars and, uh, I, you know, and I mean, I could go on, but the, the point is, is that this then became, you know, 
a regular thing for us playing up in Chicago and playing Nashville and playing St. Louis and playing Charlotte. And so we, we started hitting that market, that Midwestern pocket really hard and heavy that summer. And, you know, it eventually branched out into, um, you know, we, we, I remember one time we played, um, Chicago and, and I think this is in August. It was extremely hot and we had to be down in Tampa the next night. And so literally we, we, we got off stage, got in the van by like two in the morning and drove straight to the club in Tampa. Got there at like seven thirty in the evening, got loaded in, sound checked, and then we crashed until it's time to play at midnight and played that show then. And um you know, and then we we ended up on the the beach that night and watched the sun come up, you know, and just and this was this was my summer. This was what this is what I did when I graduated, right? We we toured the country. I'm 19 years old and I'm getting to see the United States. Uh, I remember Scott and I was sitting in Chicago one time and we we had gotten some pizza and we were just sitting on the curb. And I looked at him and said, hey, man. He said, what? I said, we're in Chicago eating pizza. He said, yeah. How about that? And I know that seems silly. But as a 19-year-old kid, I mean... I was sort of living my dream. I mean, I I had grown up with posters of of rock stars on my wall and these people that I idolized and and my heroes and all this stuff and and here I was on a very small scale doing that. I was I was living out what I had always dreamt that I would do. And so here's the lesson in this. It wasn't the fact that we were a bunch of kids on the road. It wasn't the fact that we were playing in nightclubs that I wasn't even old enough to get into. It wasn't the fact that we were partying. I'm not even going to talk, address that because this story is not about that. I'm going to have some stories about that where my my uh, my need to self-medicate sort of took over. But that'll be another episode for another time. We were We were out there living our dreams out <clears throat> having the time of our life, man, getting to see the country, meeting people, getting an education of sorts, learning about the music business on a, on a very personal, you know, model. We didn't have a dime to our name. I mean, none of us, man, we were broke as a joke. And you know what? I, I can't, I can't look back on those times with anything else but fondness. And here's the lesson for everyone who's graduating and for has, or if you got kids graduating, there's something to be said about going out and securing your future. And I hope that you do that. I hope that you're working towards something that is going to help to give you a, a, uh, a secure future financially, some sort of, and I hope that you're doing what you love at the same time. I mean, we were doing what we loved, but we weren't making any money at it. But here's the, here's really the, the lesson, you know, in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 16, Solomon says, how much better to get wisdom than gold to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. And my point is, is we weren't making any money and it didn't matter and it didn't 
it didn't affect the the experience we were having. We didn't care. And I and like I said, when I think back on those times, I don't really think about how broke we were, but I thought about what we were getting to see and what we were getting to do and what we were getting to experience and that that at nineteen years old, man, we were we were we were out doing it. And yeah, the hopes were always for the big record deal, the big payoff. You know, that, that we would get rich someday by by doing this. I mean, that was of course all of our heroes. That's what they were doing. Um but more than that, man, more than that, there was a bond that was created between the four of us. And if you listen to the Nelson episode back in season one of The Real Deal, you know how painful it was for us when we split with him and how all of that went down. But man, those that, that those years, 1992, 93, 94, even up till 1995 when things started to go bad, man, those those... 1992 and 93 were magical, man, because I truly, truly felt like I belonged somewhere. And I had guys, friends, brothers, a family. It was like a gang that we were in, you know, and and I never, we never worried, man. We never worried about what was going to happen to us. You think about it, you got a couple of kids out on the man. I mean, so many things could have gone wrong. So many things could have happened to us. We could have been... You know, uh, I mean, we could be dead, and but we never, we were never scared because we had each other, and everybody that was in that van had each other's back. And you know, the the the, the Bible has something to say about that too. In John fifteen verse thirteen, Jesus says, "Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends." Now, in the biblical perspective, which we're not really talking about, we're just talking about the way this verse reads. Biblical perspective, obviously, Jesus is talking about what he would do for his disciples uh, in in the very shortcoming future. But but we were developing a friendship where I truly had guys that looked out for me, that I felt safe with, right? That if a fight broke out, they were going to have my back. But more than that, if I was doing something foolish, they would tell me, you know, um, it, there, there's there's something to be said about about having you know uh, guys who will tell you the truth. Hey, you're about to make a mistake. Hey, you're doing something stupid. Hey, you probably ought to stop that, right? And and so I, I think about that summer and and what we gained, and it certainly wasn't money, but we gained an education. We we gained experience. And I gained a family. I gained a, a brotherhood that summer that I still look back on as 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 golden. And my brother Sean and I, you know, we we sort of were our own little gang growing up, and and so the band became an extension of that, right? Where I had these guys who were, you know, to to, to use the cliche phrase, my ride or die guys, because they would. I mean, if. if you know, I mean, I'm not suggesting this, but I'm saying if I would have murdered somebody, I had three guys that were going to help me bury the body. I mean, these these guys were were with me to the end. They were my to the end guys. And so my my lesson from this story tonight about this memory of, of my graduation and how I spent that summer after I graduated high school was this. No amount of money. No, no, no formal education. 
you know, nothing, nothing that this world can really offer you can replace true friendship. And I spent that summer with the people that I love the most in the world getting all that, getting this education, this experience. And, and man, it was just, it was, it was awesome. And, I, and, and I'm so thankful that that's how I got to spend the summer after I graduated, graduated high school. So this week, think back to your graduation think, and, and think back and look at your life and say, hey, how did my life turn out? And, and maybe you did something to the opposite. Maybe you jumped right into the workforce and, and hey, good for you. I mean, I, listen, I don't think one experience is better than another. What I do think, though, is that we all have learned something in our lives about what's important. And I hope that this maybe brings back some memories for you and something for you to think about, about when you graduate. I know that, that this time of year certainly does that for me, and so I just want to share that with you this week. Uh, look forward to coming episodes. I'm going to have a guest on. He's not really a guest. You know who he is, but it's coming. He and I have been talking, and we got some good things we want to share with you, and so... We're going to get off the Closer to Fine uh, mini-series for a moment and probably get some uh, some of our original content back going again. So uh, look for that in the coming weeks. Until then, y'all, thanks so much. Uh, I hope that this story and this memory in some way helps you get Closer to Fine as it does me getting to tell it. Thanks. See y'all next time.